Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wedding Videography for Beginners. I am your host, Phil Biabel, and with me is my lovely wife, Brittany. Hello. Today, we are talking about understanding your market and knowing when to check and adjust. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to this episode. I think it's going to be a pretty interesting conversation, at least it is for me. So hope everybody gets something out of this, and uh, let's get after it. All right. So for today's purposes, we wanted to talk to you about your purchasing market. So this is not necessarily your target couple, but your immediate market for booking a wedding. So this is like your city, your region, your competition. Basically, what is the going rate for videography in your geographical location? So real quick, when we are talking about competition, we don't literally mean competition because we don't view any fellow vendors in our area's competition personally. And that's because there, it is such a rich market out here for weddings and videography that we don't necessarily feel the need to be competing with anyone. Um, and you know, we are actually really good friends with most of them and we refer them to couples and they do the same for us. So just in general, all of us videographers are in different markets, markets with higher or lower price points, levels of interest, levels of activity, etc. So it's really important to understand how your specific market operates. And we'll give you, um, a quick example, the knot. So we're not sponsored by the knot. We don't get money from them. We just want to preface that real quick before we start chatting about them. So in New England, specifically the Boston and Cape Cod area, we had a lot of success with the knot. Um, it's pretty expensive, especially for anyone like just starting out. Uh, yeah, it costs like like 600 bucks. A it was month. like three. It was, was, I thought it was three, like 350. Because they charge you for two different. So they have everything broken down by region. It's like Boston was one point and then Cape Cod was the other. So you had to pay for both in order to advertise on the knot with yeah. both. So maybe that's why I'm thinking it was. Yeah. And I was, I was going to I thought it was around 400, like three, 350 to 400 a month. It was very expensive. Yeah, that's pricey. For yeah. a monthly fee. Um, but so what we found was that we had a lot of quality leads come through them. Um, we never thought that we were getting like catfished or, um, getting fake leads thrown our way, which, you know, we've actually heard and seen people complaining about in some of the, the Facebook groups and whatnot that we're a part of, but we, that was not our experience whatsoever. Um, what we found was that when we were charging about $2,000 a wedding, um, we had a lot of success, but once we started advertising through them for a couple of years, um, we haven't advertised with them in a couple of years. No, no, no. But when, when we were, we, as we'd increased our prices gradually, it just wasn't, we priced out of that market very fast. Yeah. Um, once, once you cross like 4k, 
your your leads that you're just you're well out of the the couple that's going on to the knot typically doesn't have a four thousand dollar budget and we how how was i going to say that we uh we haven't advertised with them for years now and we still get inquiries off the knot and we don't even have a picture pro picture on our profile no, because once you deactivate your yeah, they take your picture, they take your photo. <laughs> yeah, they you've been shunned. They, they shun you and bump you a couple pages. Shame, shame, shame. But, but somehow we still get a few that weasel their way through. I don't think we've had any success with booking any. No, of them. I, we got we get ghosted once we send them yeah. a price. But so. Base. I mean, it, it's a great platform. It works, but. It also has a cap for at least what we found in our market was that we kind of like um, priced out once we hit the $4,000 mark and then increase just dried up from that point. So I think this is a good example of basic market analysis for couples whose budgets are about 4000 and below. It was a great tool. Um, and for those above that, it wasn't. So, like I said, naturally, when we started to go above that, it made more sense to stop advertising with them. We pushed that market as far as it could go, and then we just um, canceled and kind of went our own way. Started through um, Instagram and just word of mouth and other – I mean, Instagram is mainly – We get a lot of good inquiries from Instagram. Yeah. But – Yeah, no, and what – why I wanted to kind of do this episode was about like means testing and how to push your market to figure out like what, what's the most that couples are going to spend, what's the least they're going to spend, that kind of stuff. And the knot is a good example just to kind of kick, kick that off because once you, the high end of the knot market, was four thousand dollars like three three to four four might be pushing it like way pushing it I'd say probably more around like three to thirty five hundred but um so that's really what I want to talk about today is what we've been doing over the last eighteen to twenty four months to really see like what's the upper limit of the market like where where do we start to like dry up and then where where can we kind of flourish between a balance of inquiries and costs that people are willing to pay. So when I say local market for us, I'm literally talking about Cape Cod, Boston and Rhode Island, all of which are roughly one hour from us. So we just happen to have bought our house in a very good geographical location to those three areas. So we're 55-ish mile or 55 minutes south of Boston, about an hour and 10 minutes outside of Newport, Rhode Island. And in about an hour and 10, hour and 15 minutes, we can be uh, in P-Town on the Cape, which is the tip. You can't get any farther than the tip. So the uh, Brittany's rolling. She's rolling her eyes at me right now. Uh, So we were really, really fortunate it was luck. We didn't buy our house with the intention of any of this. We bought our house long before we even got into this, but uh, our geographical location has a higher threshold for budgets. Now, mind you, if you are charging 
two to three thousand dollars a wedding, you could probably shoot ad infinitum uh, in this region. Like there, there are so many destination weddings out here and that kind of stuff. If you're in that price range, you could probably shoot a hundred weddings a year if you felt like it. Like you, you could just be loaded up. But I, uh, I wanted to narrow down what was considered local for us, and it was within that like hour to hour and a half. And I think it's important for you to do that for your own market as well, because those local inquiries are pretty important. You know, you're you're going to get a lot of local inquiries. So, you know, local for you might be three hours, it might be 30 minutes for us. It was around 90 minutes. And that's where I kept it because there were three major locations that, that got us within that hub. Now, obviously, if you're focused on destination weddings, and that's your primary focus, then, you know, local, local markets are kind of moot. Um, but you can apply the same things that I'm going to talk about when we go into how you know, what we did for our case study and that kind of stuff. So, um, what Brittany and I would like to start doing now that I think about it is shooting more destination videos. That way we can, uh, kind of diversify our portfolio to where we have a handful of destination films, uh, and then, you know, a handful of local films that way we're, we're breaking into two markets, if that makes sense. So, I focused all of the market research that we were working on based off of that geographical location. So, so this region, like we're going to refer to it as a region from now on for the most part, but in our region, it's Boston, Cape Cod, and like Newport, Rhode Island out that way. So we, uh, I was going to say, we, we were just looking at, at the couples uh, coming to us from that region, like naturally. So we also weren't really like we will, I'll talk about planners, um, at some point, but yeah, we, uh, uh, this mainly started by looking at couples and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So like most things, research is going to involve a little digging and testing things that you need to be focused on is things that you need to be focused on are, Consumer demand, consumer influence, competition pricing, and consumers' attitude towards pricing. So let's just chat a little bit about each of those. Um, If you live in a small rural area where demand for video is low, then your conversion rate needs to be very high. So basically, if you're only getting about five inquiries a month, you need to be closing at a much higher percentage. So what does that mean? Five inquiries come in for the month. You need to book one of them at least. And that's a high conversion rate compared to someone that you say lives um, in an area where you're getting hundreds of inquiries. Your conversion rate can be much lower where you for every, I don't know what, every 10, every. I'm watching you trying to math right now. (laughs) You, well, it just means that you need to book. Yeah. So if you, if you live in a rural area and you're getting, you know, say four or five bookings a month, like statistically you have to book one to two of those. Like you just, you don't have a choice. So your, your conversion rate is upwards of, you know, 20 to 30%. 
and you contrast that to somebody that's getting a hundred bookings a month, their conversion rate might be down at 5%, but that's five bookings. Yeah. So there's, you know, like it's, it's a volume thing. It's just a numbers game at that point. Yep. So it's just basically, um, demand for your specific services will also help dictate your prices. So you got a high demand, you can charge higher prices. If you have a lower demand, you have to unfortunately (laughs) charge lower prices. Um, so then let's go into consumer influence. Are couples wanting and or needing your services in your market? So if video is not a priority, then again, you'll have to lower your prices. But if it's the opposite and consumers, couples are needing your services, then obviously you're going to be able to charge a higher um, price. So vendors in your market, what are they charging? Are they well below others that are similar to you? Are they well above? Are you well below what they're charging? Are you above it? Like where, where did, where do you, where do fit, you in? fit in with your competition? Yeah. My bad. Um, it's late. <laughs> it's very late. Um, and by late, I mean, it's literally nine 30. So Brittany's. but like we all know, mm-hmm. I, this is my wind down it's wind time. Down time. It is wind down time, but for everybody, uh, our au pair Lua gets here day after tomorrow. Yes. So in less than 48 hours, we'll have our au pair here. So. Yay. Things are going to change around here. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I threw her off with those ad, ho- ad hoc comments. Off. Okay. So let me just backtrack. What are other vendors in your area charging? Are you well below others that you are similar to or are you above them? So you're just basically gauging your market and where you stand amongst other vendors within the same category a video. Why are you questioning me with that? Well, because I was just thinking like, yes, you, you have to be, you have to compare yourself to other videographers that you have similar styles with similar, uh, your films look similar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. So you can't, it would be like, you know, uh, me comparing us to like sculpting with time. Like yeah. I don't create films like that. No. Like that's just not going to happen. So right, why, right. why, yeah, you know, I'm not going to look at them and be like, well, why can't I charge that much? Well, it's because you're creating a poop product compared to something that they are. <laughs> so. Yeah. But even then just kind of like off topic a tad bit, like there is a market for everyone. And I say oh, yeah. that because there is a person in our general market that has been in business for decades. Um, and we have encountered his work, um, through other couples who have come back to us, like trying to have us polish up his footage. And I don't bring it up to bash him because he obviously has 
a successful business in his own right. He's been in business for a very long time, but his style is very um, Uncle Joe with a camera at your wedding interviewing you and just throwing everything in with like slide in PowerPoint. So I'm I'm going to go, this is going to sound awful and I shouldn't say this, but this, uh, I'm going to be honest with you that the person that we're talking about is literally the definition of what happens when you don't innovate and when you don't try to do anything to really better yourself or get up with the times. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, I, I like, for some reason I take that personal, like, I don't know why, but I just like that kind of stuff just really gets under my skin. And it, it like hurts me deep down to my core to see somebody who's been doing this for, you know, probably as long as I've been alive Uh, and they don't look like they've left 1996. Yeah. Not to mention that the questions that they ask is don't, I don't worry. I've watched plenty of their videos. Um, (laughs) But not to mention the questions that they ask are just very like cringe and just like, it's just not just kind of like on the spot. You're like, dude, like, what no... the fuck just came out of your mouth? Yeah. Like, but like you... the only, like I said, though, the only reason why I bring this up is because he is booking brides Oh yeah, he and getting paid every weekend. Yeah. And I don't know what he's charging or what his rate is, but he has tapped into a market that honestly is probably just brides that are like, Hey, uh, at this point I don't fucking have a budget for this. And I just want the day recorded. I don't care how it comes out. Like to have something is better than nothing. And, um, well, I mean, I, I, all I have to say is that there's a, a budget and a bride yeah, I mean, for So at, at the end of the day, as much shit as I can talk, that guy is still booking weddings. Yeah. So just busy. let that sink in. There's always going to be a market for you. Yep. So if, if, if they're doing it, you can do it. That's yeah. But say. my only advice is to kind of stick with the times. Right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm not, I'm not saying like try to run out and get a red No. and not. you know, do, but I mean, just try Technique. to, yeah modernize your technique like get better at your craft Mm -hmm. like you could i was gonna say something that would have just sounded really i was gonna say you give me like a handy cam and i could probably do something better nowadays than what what he's doing but that's that just that's not it's just learn how to do good films and you can do good films with anything in your hand like it's really it's really about how you're shooting and not what you're shooting with. I say that, you know, as we bought an FX three yesterday, but the, um, we had to finish the Holy Trinity. So. Yep. So back on topic, (laughs) um, just look at where you stand amongst the other vendors, videographers in your area. Um, that'll help you gauge where you're pricing. I mean, it's kind of like a personal thing. You need to look into, Hey, they can charge that. Can I charge that? Or, you know, they're charging way more than me, but their video is so much better than mine or, you know, whatever you have to take an honest look at what you are charging and what you're delivering. So your work might be amazing, but couples aren't willing to pay $15,000 for a film and, Canton, Ohio, or 
I can say that because I grew up in Canton. <laughs> so if anybody in Canton, feel free to send me a message. Went to Canton South. Whoop, go Wildcats. So you just need to know what your <laughs> consumer's attitude is towards the pricing. Are couples in your market willing to pay your price? Um, you know, some in this area are willing to pay something that someone in Canton, Ohio would not pay. No, there there are people that are doing weddings in Newport, Rhode Island that are spending as much for a videographer than people in say Canton are spending for their entire wedding. Like, you know, they're spending 20 to 30 grand for a wedding film in Newport. Yeah. No disrespect to anybody in these other locations that don't have high, um, yeah, I mean, I would, you know, for a wedding, since we're talking about that, if you're in an area that, uh, you have, couples and consumers that have low need for video. If you're in an area that they have low, um, like respect is the wrong word, but a low, like consumer attitude, uh, your competition is charging 500 to a thousand dollars per wedding, et cetera. Uh, and you're trying to get away from that. I would highly recommend you changing your region. And that doesn't mean like pack up and move and that kind of stuff, but that would mean that you're redoing. So instead of you shooting for Boise, Idaho or Canton, Ohio, for example, you start using the hashtags for Los Angeles, San Diego, you know, you start picking cities that have a significantly higher budget. Now I'm sure. And if you want to keep using Ohio for the reference, I'm sure that there are plenty of luxury weddings Mm -hmm. uh, in Columbus, Cleveland, Probably not Cincinnati because that might as well be Kentucky. But uh, I can say all this. I used to live there. I grew up there. So oh boy. <laughs> uh, I can't wait for somebody from Ohio to be listening to this and be like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, for those, I, I grew up in Ohio. I left Ohio when I joined the military. So that's, you know, I, I spent my entire life. My, Paid his dues. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but uh, uh Yeah. So I'd be changing your strategy to be looking towards larger cities. So whether that's targeting through hashtags, whether you're doing Google ads, Facebook ads, that kind of stuff, we should probably do an episode on ads because I think they're horrible, but Mm. I've never, if anybody's gotten Facebook ads just in general across any type of platform or demographic or job, please let me know how you did it because I could never get anything good to come out of Facebook ads. (laughs) Uh, so, and you were even on a call with Facebook. Oh, like we, we were doing week. week. We were doing weekly marketing calls. In fact, they just reached back out to me and they were like, Hey, you want to set up a call? So I sent them an email back that said, yeah, I'm available Thursday, which is tomorrow at X, Y, and Z time. And no one got back with me. Hmm. So yeah. Anyways, meta, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I could. I So if anybody, if anybody has any tips or tricks on that, please feel free to let me know. We've had a lot of success off Instagram, like a lot of success off Instagram. So I, I constantly kind of harp on that one. So I'd definitely be using hashtags that we're targeting larger cities and try to expand that region. And then if you have to travel farther to get to that larger area, you need to be increasing your price to include that travel fee. Yeah, you can't so, bite, bite that into your profits. Like yeah. that's just not. An effective business strategy. Yeah. Yep. It's like hope. It's a horrible business model. So, so I mean, 
basically, um, you know, it's important to look back through some of your own bookings and see what the average rate for your couples that have been booking you has been. Um, and that's kind of where we find ourselves now. Yeah. So I want to, I want to use ourselves as a little case study because I have been very, very aggressive in the way that we have been doing our pricing and our like collection structures and that kind of stuff. Like I've been, I've been trying to really push our conversion rates and, you know, I, I initially started this just to see like how, how far could we go? And then it just kind of morphed into me just testing a whole bunch of things. And then finally figuring out at the end, like what, like what, what's what around here and where, where I kind of get these radical ideas from is part of my graduate work at BU was looking at quantitative and qualitative research. So I started to AB test our market out of curiosity and, uh, before we really started doing large price jumps, uh, we had enough weddings to get us through most of this year. So it's not like I started making drastic changes when I wasn't able to pay the bills. If that makes sense. I had, we have enough weddings today to pay for everything we need for the year. So it's, you know, at this point last year and then this, this year is when I really started to, to make like thousand dollar increases in our collections and that kind of stuff. Like I, you know, I wasn't doing 50 bucks, 200 bucks, 300 bucks. Uh, I was really pushing to see like where, where is the peak? So I knew where to either bring it back down to or where we would just kind of eventually end up. So real quick, just so that everyone kind of understands, like we, and by we, I mean, mostly Phil have a detailed description of our expenses every year. And we've been tracking this for a few years now. So we're talking about all of our personal expenses, all of our business expenses, everything. So that is exactly how we know what we need to make for the year and how many weddings we need to book at what price in order to be successful. So I mean, if you're not already in control of your like finances in that way, I mean, that is how we are able to play with these numbers and whatnot and also kind of take a few risks here and there by increasing our prices or. Yeah, I mean, I so I, I created an Excel sheet that looks at. Uh, all of our monthly expenses that are that you're required to have. So everything that we need to really survive. Then in the next column, I have all of the expenses that are nice to have. Things like Sirius Satellite Radio. Uh, Netflix. Whatever. Yeah, you know what I mean? Just like stupid things that if, you know, if shit really hit the fan, you could just start canceling all of those services and get get rid of those expenses. And then... In the other column, I have annual expenses. 
So uh, like a music bed subscription or uh, GLI insurance, your Massachusetts state filing fee. I have all of those things in that column. And why that's important is because column three at the end of it, I have that total divided by 12. So to spread out across 12 months, what we would need in order to pay all of those based on a, on a yearly income. And then the other ones are just literally added together. So you do column A plus column B plus whatever 12 divided by the entire column was. Um, you add those all up and that's your monthly expenditure. So let's just keep the math simple and just say it's five grand. Uh, so you got to make five grand a month. And that should include like what you're paying yourself. Like we have a line item for, you know, what we're putting into our 401k. Like we have all of everything is in there. I mean, every last expense is sitting in that thing. So I know exactly how much money I need to make every month, period. And then I have another little um, cell that has what our price is for a wedding. Well, you take that number, divide it by or you take your, your monthly number, multiply it by 12. That gives you how much money you have to make each year to pay for all that stuff. Then you divide that by the number that you charge for your weddings. Mm -hmm. And that tells you how many weddings, you you know, exactly how many weddings you have to book. So, um, you know, for us, it, when we, and I'm going to get into all of the costs and you know, what, what we were doing here in a second, but the, uh, for us at the beginning of the year, uh, that was 11. We needed to have, we needed to book 11 weddings in order to pay for all of our expenses. And then anything over 11 is just profit at that point. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I have another Excel sheet that has all of our expenses broken down by month, like detailed by month. And then all of our income that's coming in. Oh, it's wind down time. <laughs> it's that, bedtime. Oh, it's bedtime. Yeah, that means bedtime. You have your bedtime set for 2145. Like that's it hurts my soul. Or when I should like start really winding down. Like yeah. it's the real wind down. It's the real wind down now. So uh I can tell you right now how much money we either need to make or we will be over in the month of December of this year. And it's really important that you understand your finances like that, just so when you're doing like testing like this, you're not, you didn't book three weddings and then you're trying to push the market and you're like, Oh shit, I don't have, like, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna pay the bills in April. Like what? So it's really important that you, you, you have this like foothold and you financially understand where you're at so that you can start to do things like test. And that's what, that's what we started doing. So we, um, we started looking at things like what our friends charge, uh, what our normal couples were booking, how inquiries were coming in, like the volume of inquiries we were getting, where they were coming from, that kind of stuff. And once once we started to hit that like 4,500, 5K mark, I started to really make some significant jumps because when you're in between like 5 and 7K for a wedding, you, you have a career at that point. Like you, you're making enough to survive. You know, it's, it's probably, it's not a side hustle anymore when you, when you hit that hump and we will be right back. Are you tired of aimlessly flipping through mediocre at best music for hours? Do you find yourself wasting valuable time on projects? Just trying to find that perfect song. 
Bring in Musicbed. The first time Britt and I looked at their library, I remember saying, we could use any of these. Musicbed has a massive library of elite musicians used by brands like Nike, Samsung, Apple, and ESPN. Having a hard time finding that perfect song? Reach out to a specialist who can help do the searching for you and create a list of songs specifically for your project. Imagine the amount of stress reduction you would have with music selection being a breeze. Imagine how much time you can save during an edit by having a massive library of meticulously selected songs. What would that do for your productivity or quality of life? Musicbed is your solution. Click on our link below to see our hand-selected playlist. Use code WVFB at checkout and get your first month free when you sign up. Musicbed was simply a lifesaver for us. Tired of paying an enormous price for your website? Are you paying more than 12 or 13 bucks a month for multiple websites? Because we're not. We use Cloudways. You can pick your own server, pay as you go, no lock-ins, and get a free SSL certificate. Cloudways uses WordPress applications, which are included in the price. Did I mention that they will migrate your website over for you for free? Plans start as low as 11 bucks a month. We run all three of our websites off of a Vulture server through Cloudways, all for half of what the leading website host costs per year for one. Save yourself time and money with Cloudways. Click on our affiliate link below to start your free trial. You'll never look back. We didn't. We, like giving an example, in the month of January and February, we were getting about 100 inquiries a month. So we were getting about three inquiries a day. So I I started to have the numbers because of inquiries to really start making some jumps. So I pushed really hard and every couple of weeks uh, I'd be raising our prices by either 500 or $1,000 a pop. So our collections were going up just exponential and my, you know, and I just, I want to reiterate, we already had, like 90% of the weddings that we needed to do for the wet for the year. So we, we were already, you know, booked to where we could pay for pretty much everything in the year. I think that we were, we were short. I think it was 1.5 weddings is what it boiled down to at the end of the year. I just, I kept telling everybody two just because it was easier than saying like, Oh, we're 1.5. So, uh, we started to notice once we crossed the 8K threshold, our bookings really stopped. And I mean, like, stopped. So we didn't like hard book- stop. Yeah, hard stop. <laughs> like a hard stop. It's like eight the hard way. So <clears throat> that's a gambling reference if anybody needed to know that. The uh, good old craps. But, um, so we didn't book one wedding in March, April, or the first couple of weeks of May. And I was okay with that because you can't, you can't change your prices. You can't be doing a bunch of wild stuff and do it for two days and then not, you know, and then be like, Oh, it doesn't work. And then go, go back to what you're doing. Like you got to let it, you got to let it Feel ride it for a minute. Yeah. You got to let it ride like this. Yeah. Since we're on the gambling references, let's just keep them going. Uh so we we let that go for roughly 10 weeks. Now, I will say that uh, in April, 
the level of inquiries that we had just dried up. Like we, we like, so, so I don't really know what caused that. I think but, though, that there's a lot of things going on right now. Like just in general, mm-hmm. um, the environment for people to be like purchasing leisure things. And I would definitely consider wedding video to be a leisure thing is just not in people on people's minds right now. Gas is up. Yeah, it cost me a hundred bucks to fill up Matt's tank when we were in California. And groceries. You know that they charge super expensive. When you swipe your credit card at a gas pump now, it takes it they they check for two hundred yeah. bucks. Yeah, I've seen it on when the When I was Amex, in my twenties, I wouldn't be able time. to get gas. Like, I I'd have been screwed. Like you can see it. You can yeah. see the pending two hundred dollar charge and then that just goes away and then you yeah. know if you spent fifty then it's 50 bucks, but they, they check to make sure that you have at least $200 in your account. Yeah, that's wild. But that's exactly what I mean. Like, I'm not saying that <clears throat> while we did have a complete like dry up, I do feel that like the environmental circumstances right now are like kind of outside of everyone's control. And I don't know that many people are like, yeah, I'm going to go spend five grand on a, a wedding video. So that's just a side note. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would say, I mean, yes, I agree. Uh, But even out of the inquiries that we did have, we didn't book any discovery calls. Yeah. So it's not, it's not like out of the, you know, once, once the trickle started that we had people that were like, oh, that's good. And getting on the phone. Yeah. But like I said, it's important to ride it out for a minute to test it. And I think that after 10 weeks, I think that's good enough yeah. for me at least like that was a, I think that was a good run. Uh, and mind you, that also included planners like this. These, these costs also included local planners that were reaching out to us and that kind of stuff. So it's not like, um, you know, this was only limited to, to people that were coming in just via the contact form and that kind of stuff. Now, with that being said, have we booked larger than 8K weddings? Yes, we did. We've booked plenty that were larger than 8K. So my theory on why the change happened is uh, all of, literally, if we were unavailable, all of the inquiries were ending the same way. So people were saying how much they loved our work. Uh, They were saying that we were amazing all of the things to make me blush. However, it boiled down to their budget. Every last one of them said it was cost, 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 cost. So that's not to say that like our work is amazing and that I don't want people to take that the wrong way. I actually think our work is pretty average. I just think that I'm half decent at business. That's what gets us here. Mm -hmm. But, um, but out of everybody that we talked to, not one person didn't, you know, like other people, even when they would say that they were not going to go with us, they were talking about how they'd still recommend us to their friends and that kind of stuff. Like it was very, you know, it's, it's really boiled down to cost. So the barrier to entry was the price. Now what's different between us charging eight K, you know, between eight to $9,000 for a wedding or us having, you know, 
a starting price of six thousand nine hundred and ninety-five because that, that's where the collection started was sixty-nine nine ninety-five. That was without travel and that kind of stuff. And that was only for a four-minute film, uh, one shooter, seven hours, four minutes, it with a music video. There was no audio intertwined with that. And um what I found was when our prices were lower the end result was still the same. So this is, I'm trying to, let me try to explain this the right way. The, when we were charging say four to $5,000 for that same package, we were still coming out with eight to $10,000 for weddings because people would get, our middle collection, which is where we try to guide them to, because that's that's personally the one that I like the most and I think is the best for everybody. Um, we'd guide them there, but then they'd add on things like drone footage, Super 8, you know, rehearsal dinner coverage. They'd, they'd start adding FOMO edits and ceremony edits and that kind of stuff. And next thing you know, once you start, you tack in two or three add-ons, you're you're sitting at $8,500, $9,500. So I think... The I think this is where consumer attitude and consumer influence really comes into play. So uh, while having a price tag of starting at $79,995 was not palatable for the consumer out here in this region, having a starting price of, say, $59,995 is and adding pieces to it to get you to that eight to 10 K is what's acceptable. If that kind of makes sense. Yeah. The barrier so, to entry, the barrier um, to entry was too high for them to pallet at six, seven grand. But if they felt like, oh, I can afford it at four or five grand and then they get in and then they start to see other things like, oh, we I really want drone footage. We can add that. We can add that. Then it just I feel like they might feel like they're more in control and they're getting more value. Yeah, they're getting more stuff. Yeah. And I mean, it's marketing at its finest, but also just like on a side note, we make sure that all of our couples know that just booking a package does not like lock them in at that specific package. Like they can make upgrades all the way up until like after, after the they shoot, after we shoot the wedding, um, yeah, when I'm when I'm on the discovery call with them, I just let them know that the, there's only like two things that I need to know beforehand. Like, if you needed a live stream, obviously I need to know that because I got to bring different equipment with me. Yeah. Or if they want a Instagram teaser, because we get the Instagram teaser within 48 hours to 48 to 72 hours, it's only 48. But you know, if you wait three four weeks to do an Instagram teaser, just it's yeah, it loses its value. Yeah, so th- that's pretty much it. Everything else I can do, you know. Which is really normal. Because we, have, we shoot know. all of our weddings the same way. I mean, unless you are going under the pretenses that you're not going to be doing um, 
like it's going to be a music video type edit, you're not going to focus on miking the bride, the officiant, the groom, whoever. Yeah, I'd probably just have a mic speeches. on the officiant. Just yeah, whatever. Safe. That's about it. But have they given any sort of like inclination that, hey, you know, right now we can't afford to do speech, like speech edit or whatever, but down the road, like a few weeks, whatever, we're interested in that, then obviously that would change the scope of the work for that day. Yeah, I mean, the in the two years that we've been using our three collections like they are, we have only had one book, the base collection. That's it. Just one. I don't even know who that was, actually. I think I do, but. No, they bumped up the person that you're thinking of. They did want to book the base, but then I talked to them for a few minutes and then they, they got the middle collection. Yeah. And that's, you know, we kind of, we try to guide couples in the middle, but so what, what, what do we do once we started looking at all this data and that kind of stuff in the military, you call it check and adjust. So you always want to uh, prioritize and execute and check and adjust. Discipline equals freedom, Brittany. Mm, yes. So we did, and we lowered our prices back down to where our, middle collection, which is the one that we, we really want to book, uh, that starts at $5,995. So since then we have had, which it's only been, I, we're doing this podcast like five days in real time. Yeah. Five <laughs> days after I changed it since then we have had, uh, seven inquiries and, uh, I was really hoping that by this time we would have had at least one discovery call set up, but we haven't. So, uh, but we've had seven inquiries come in. We've given out the new prices and now we're just kind of in limbo right now uh, to see how this works. So, you know, I, I, I want to say that this, this does like when you start to, play with pricing and that kind of stuff. Like it does become kind of a double edged sword because there are planners that we've sent out some pricing guides to where our starting price was $13,995. Ah, just kidding. And, uh, so it would be a very like awkward story to be like, Hey, you know what we actually, well, I mean that also had a lot of travel included. So that, that collection would, that collection would still only be, like starting at eight grand. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you gotta be careful with how you do these kind of things because there's, there's like a very, uh, I want to say tactical, I guess like there's, there's, there's a way that you got to go about approaching that telling somebody who you've been working with, you know, Hey, like these, because what we noticed is, this same price threshold has been holding pretty constant for our local planners too. So out of, out of, you know, the couples that are coming in, even the local planners that are coming in, they're still in this same kind of bubble. So it's not like in our market, you have planners that are coming to you with $20,000 couples and then couples are reaching out to you that can only spend 5k. It looks like the couples and the planners are pretty aligned in pricing to be honest with you. Like that's that's what I've been noticing. So uh 
but what I was going to talk about is, you know, you listen to us talk about engage, 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 engage. And Brittany and I are going to engage here in like three weeks a $5,995 collection is not going to float at engage. So again, it's about understanding your market. Yeah. Like that's just, you know, that goes back to a, a, a friend of mine, which I, I think he talked about it on the podcast. I don't know. So I'm not going to say his name in case he didn't, but the, uh, he made a comment to me about how he was really excited the first time he went to engage and he gave them an $8,000 collection for photography. And he was super excited because he had put together a really nice, you know, collection for him and that kind of stuff. And, uh, the planner got back to him, said that the couple did not feel comfortable booking you because your price was too low. So it had nothing to do with his skill level. So the next go around, he just simply rose his prices to around $15,000 and then booked that next couple. And, you know, his product was the same. It's a, um, that it's really frustrating because you can't pinpoint one thing and say like, this is the way you do it. But knowing your market and knowing exactly what it is that they're looking for. And with certain things like say engaged or these higher luxury events, and this is just my take. It's just that if you know and work well with someone they're going to hire you like straight up no ifs ands or buts about it and like cost may or may not even be a factor like when you're talking about some of these luxury events money is not an object for some of these people like at the very top like they're not gonna sweat 13 grand for a video package or even 40 grand like there are people we know that are booking Wedding thirty forty thousand dollars that weddings. are paying thirty to forty grand for wedding video, yeah, and they're not doing <laughs> much of anything different than what we do at any of the weddings that we shoot. And it's just knowing how to get yourself into that market. Yeah, and it's also just knowing the market and knowing the differences. That's yeah. that's why I brought up engage because. You know, you can't have a high-end luxury planner and hand them a package that's, you know, $2,000. That's just not. Yeah, they don't see that as value. Yeah. Or like. So, and, you know, it, you know, I've said this a few times, but just to reiterate it, our goal is to steadily break into that upper luxury market. Um, so, I, you know, what I'd like to do, give you an example, is like we book one or two weddings for next year in that market. Then the following year, it's four to five and then, you know, seven to 10 and that kind of stuff. So that way we, but at the same time, we still do local weddings. So, you know, the object would be that if we booked two weddings in the luxury market, uh, we were still, you know, booking 11 weddings in ours. And you might ask yourself, well, how did you come up with 11? How did you come up with this two number? That kind of stuff. Again, it's knowing my finances. And I can tell you right now, I need to shoot 13.006 weddings every year to pay every one of our bills at $5,995 per booking. 
Not including inflation. <laughs> yeah, not including Aiton. I mean, what what was that thing a couple of days ago? Everybody in the news is all losing their shit. They were like, inflation went down, inflation went down. And you look at the numbers and it's like inflation went down from 8.5 to 8.3. Let's not get too crazy right now. Like it went down 0.2%. Oh like that's uh, it's going to pump the brakes with the celebrations right now. Yeah. No, but, it's just at the end of the day, knowing what you need what you need to be successful and how you're going to do that within your market. Yeah. No, knowing your numbers is very important. Like knowing, knowing your numbers is that that'll really help you that that'll kind of set you free when you can, when you can figure out like what you need to do and that kind of stuff, then you can really start to work towards like growth because. But also just like on a personal like side note, like knowing where your money is going. Like, yeah, because there's so many streaming services you're paying for. Yeah. That we just like throughout the course of just monitoring this stuff over the years, um, figuring out things that you're paying for. Like even just a side note, my mom was paying for fucking AOL for like, yeah, AOL, let that sink in AOL after like, I don't even know, like how long and I was like what are you doing yeah, and AOL ain't gonna let you know like they're, they're she's been paying Gmail per month. for free what are you doing mom per you don't month. even do that anymore AOL oh can you imagine even having an AOL email address right now please somebody if you're out there please email me from an AOL email address I just want to see it but the um yeah no it's wild it's wild at the shit that we pay for that we're not paying attention to yeah. and you know you might be thinking to yourself like oh uh, hundred bucks a month or let's say 10 bucks a month, 10 bucks a month's not that much. Well, it is when you add it up per year and you've been doing it for 10 years. Yeah. Like that's, you know, that's a camera. No, I don't even think so, the AOL charge was like little though, either. It was at least probably 60 bucks a month. Holy shit. Yeah. That's no, 720 bucks a year. I'd notice that one. And no, well, I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I just remember like, like, just at a loss for words like I am right now. Like, I just don't know. Well, I've been trying to get your mom to ditch Bank of America forever. She just refuses for some reason. All I'm saying is if you have the ability to go to a local credit union, do it. Try to get away from large banks. They're just, you got Wells Fargo. Taking with your them. money. I'm probably, I'm probably going to get sued <laughs> with this episode. <laughs> oh I should start gosh. a political podcast. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that I, I really think that everyone should know where the higher end of their market is and not just have a guess, but actually know where that and then know where you fit in. And if you want to get into that higher end, like what you need to do to get there. And if you don't, you don't. There's also nothing wrong with that. Like if you're if you're, you know, working full time, for example, and you're making three thousand dollars a wedding and you only want to do 10 weddings a year cool. Like there's, there's nothing wrong with this also just being enjoying what you do yeah. hustle and enjoying the side money that comes in. If you book a wedding, great. If you don't like no big deal either. That's the time that I'd be, I'd be going bananas. If I had a full-time job, like I'd be, I'd be throwing money up all over the place because you could fall back on that income. I'm just saying I'd be there like every two weeks of being increasing my prices by Oh, 500 bucks or something talking about (laughs) getting wild. Those prices. 
Yeah, because if you if you have a job where you have benefits and that kind of stuff, like you can really you can really test things at that point. Yeah. But you know, on the flip side of that, it's not just about testing. You got to make sure that the quality of your work also matches with the price tag. So people need to be willing to spend like in, you know, for example, us, like somebody has to be willing to give me $8,000 to give them a product. And if your work doesn't justify that, then you need to improve your craft and then start working on the prices and that kind of stuff. So there, there is kind of like a phased approach. You can't, and I'm not saying this to be, you know, facetious or anything. If you're, if your work is, you know, not the best and you compare yourself to other people in your market and you're like, man, they're so much better than me, then you probably can't charge as much as them because people aren't going to value it the same way that they would value, you know, your competition or whatever. So I would be seriously focused on getting better at your craft and then working on like, what can I do to be raising prices and that kind of stuff. Speaking of bettering your craft, shameless plug, we do mentoring. So (laughs) I led into that like a boss. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, there's, I have a few people now that were, that were mentoring. So I'm, I'm really digging it. So if you guys are interested, feel free to reach out. Um, but make sure that you like, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, don't forget to join our private Facebook group, wedding videography for beginners. Complete side note. If you're going to try to join the Facebook group, there are admin questions and I will reject you if you don't answer the admin questions. Cause it's very basic things like be polite, be a cool human, you know, don't, don't like spam everybody, blah, 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 like just basic etiquette. And, uh, I, you know, I, I turn away a few people a day because they, they don't answer any of the questions. It just says no response. And what's the, the most telling part about that is I decline with feedback and I tell them in the feedback, Hey, so-and-so you didn't answer in the admin questions. You know, if you could go back and answer those, you know, more than happy to let you in. Not one person has come back after I've said that. Yeah. So maybe they're bots or ridiculous. So, but, um, yeah, no, I hope everybody, sorry for that weird rant. I'm just saying, answer the admin questions and we'll let you in. I, well, I don't want, cause I don't want somebody to come in, start you doing something completely obnoxious. And then their fallback is, well, I didn't agree to that. So, you know what I mean? Like if you can't take the time to answer, to check, like literally check three boxes, then yeah. Thank you. However, that song goes. Please don't don't just stop. Whatever you do, just stop. All right. Hope everybody's staying safe and healthy, and we will see everyone next week. Good night. (laughs) Yeah, she's she's already walking off to bed. (laughs) Are you backing up your footage? Is it seamless, running in the background, and easily available? Bring in Backblaze, the world's easiest cloud backup. Our workflow is so simple. We offload our footage onto our external drives. Then that evening, the files automatically start backing up into the cloud. There's nothing else for us to do. Imagine having the peace of mind that your footage is stored off-site in a safe location where you can easily retrieve it from your browser and that it is crazy affordable. That's Backblaze. Click on our affiliate link below and get one month free.